Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of my podcast, Gina's Excellent Encounters. And today with me is Mar- Martin, or how do you t- say your yeah, name? Yeah, Martin. Uh, Martin, okay, <laughs> good. And we'll be talking about the indie web. Uh, but perhaps uh, for starters, please introduce yourself a little bit. Who you are, where you're from, why you're here. <laughs> yeah, very quick introduction. I'm Martijn, also known as Zach Knott on the IndieWeb IRC channel, where I'm at very, very often. Uh, originally from the Netherlands, but I'm currently in Sweden, uh, living here, studying here. And I've been doing a lot of programming on the IndieWeb, visiting several of the uh, IndieWeb camps. We were together for the first Swedish Homer website club in Gothenburg. Mm. Uh, so I, I think that that's the base why I'm the next excellent encounter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. So I think uh, most of my listeners have no idea what the indie web is. Uh, how would you define it? How do you define it for you? Yeah, I think I think it's very important to say that this is my definition because everyone on the, the indie web is just: Do you have your own website? Uh, are you by yourself on the internet? You have your own identity online and are you managing it yourself? Mm. So for me, I'm not currently actively blogging or anything, but mm-hmm. I have a very clear online personality, I guess you could say. Okay. Uh, I have my website, has my stuff on it, my details, you can contact me there. And by your website, do you mean mostly that you have your own domain or because I could have a website on Neo Cities or, or somewhere? So I know th- this is one of those stances where it depends who you're talking to. There are some people who very much say you have to have your own domain because okay. that's the only way to control your place. If you're yeah. on Neo Cities, Neo Cities controls your place. Yeah. Uh, in my case, I do manage a domain, but it's a domain for my entire family. Mm-hmm. So unlike several other people, or unlike you, you're just Gina.net. Yeah. Uh, I am fandervan.se slash Martijn. I, see. I do manage the domain name and it is under my control, mm-hmm. but there are multiple people on there and okay. I think that should also be okay. So who is on there uh, besides you? My brother is on there, my mother is on there. Okay, uh, so they have their own websites and uh, they post something? or They do it? their own stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> my, my mom ran a blog, it's not very up to date now, but she ran a blog when we first moved to Sweden. Okay. So that was on the domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but never on the root domain. They're always yeah, either yeah. a subdomain or a subfolder. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother also has a little place on the domain name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if if they're not going to bring them public themselves, I'm not going to bring them public either. No, no. Okay. Yeah, but sure. every everyone has an email address with this domain name, so we yeah. all have our first name at our surname. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah nice, that, nice, that's cool. The, that's the setup. <laughs> uh, okay, so. So basically, what we want, we define it like indie web is the the web outside of the the silos, which we call them, like Facebook uh, and Twitter, where you where you have a community, but it's closed and it uses some some special service. Yeah, I'd say that for something to really be independent from the indie, mm-hmm. you have to have some form of control. Mm-hmm. And there are loads and loads of documented cases where a Twitter username was taken away or people were kicked from Facebook because Mm -hmm. they weren't using their real name, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So you can very easily point at the cases where those silos, those those big companies aren't actually managing 
for you. They just want you to be on their platform. Yeah. But that's not a way to have your own identity. I think everyone will agree that your own identity should be something you yourself control. But at the same time, uh, you don't really own a domain. You mostly just uh, rent yeah. it anyway. So, because I I, I have uh, an anecdote about this. My sister, she had her own domain with her own website, and she, I mean, she's more like a normal uh, person, not <laughs> <laughs> not really into all this stuff. But me and my brother, my brother, we helped her with a website, and so f because it's for her for her work, she she has a small uh, thing where, where they need she needs a website. So we put it up, and she she had the domain, and she paid it every year, and so on. But then, I think it was two years ago, she got pregnant and she had a lot of other things to do, but not not uh, maintaining the website, basically. So uh, she forgot to pay the domain. And then suddenly, half a year ago, she, she looked at it again and the domain was gone. Someone else got it and they put up like a shoe store on it or something. And... The, that was a big problem problem because she used the email address for, for example on on different things and and the domain was gone and it, she she put the domain on a couple of websites so they would link back if if people searched for for a company like her and so on so i think uh, there's still like for normal people for me and you i guess we we think in those terms every day my website and this and yeah. that, but a normal person has the might have the same problems with a Twitter handle which gets uh, captured by someone else than uh, with the domain. Yeah, I think definitely the domain is a weak point in in the whole identity thing. Yeah, but it's very hard. Some things are coming up. I think that Kevin Marks, who's pretty big in the community and outside, uh, he's. He has done some IPFS stuff where he put his website on the IPFS, which is this, this federated decentralized protocol. Okay. Uh, and I think theoretically that URL will never ever change I see. because that's just available as this, this, this hash, hash this hash string yeah. Yeah. of the website. Um, and sometimes people come in and they're like, we, we want to do this, uh, because we have to be able to control everything ourselves. Mm. Um, I think just one of the bigger problems has been that those networks either stay very niche, mm -hmm. so it's very hard to share it then with people. Yeah. You can't just give that hash to someone right here in this office, no, because, because if they don't know IPFS, they won't even be able to access it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so at some point, you're just always, at least today, yeah. always falling back to the domain name. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe we can have a bigger responsibility in saying to people that this domain name is very important. Yeah, You're yeah. building your identity here. Exactly. Maybe pay it for the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, That's what I didn't tell my sister. And then, yeah, for some reason, yeah, I mean, life happens. Yeah. And you forget stuff like this. And uh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I think um, one, one of the people in the community, I think it was Peter Molnar, he moved his EU domain. Mm-hmm. Um, because the EU domains are doing this very tricky thing with um, with the UK going out of the EU, oh, yeah. <laughs> and apparently there's there is a rule there that only people in the EU 
I see. Can have an EU domain. Okay, okay. Uh, it's like only people in Poland can have a .pl domain and stuff like this. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's the rule exactly. Yeah, yeah. So EU has also something like that. So I believe some some people were talking about. Okay, I have to make sure that someone else might have to control the domain name for me mm. on the European mainland. Oh, okay. And let's just pay it in advance for as many years as I can, mm. because then even if someone else has to manage it for me. They they don't get a bill. It's already paid up. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. I think, yeah. I I wonder how it's for my domain. I have dot net domain, and I haven't seen like on 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 my provider's website. I haven't seen that I would be able to pay. But I didn't really look it into it either. So, but that's that's a good point actually to just pay for ten years. Or how how much uh, you can? However much you can, of course. It's it's just either you have to make this one of those yearly things that you yeah. always have to sit down, do it together with your taxes, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. or look into what can I do to secure this identity. Yeah. Um, but obviously, loads of questions there because what happens when you die? What's ha- what happens when yeah, I don't know yeah. what? And anything can happen. And domain names are relatively fragile in that system. Yeah. But it's one of the few identifiers that means something. Yeah. Um, right now, with the Whois registry still being open, theoretically, you can also always prove that you're the one that's managing the domain name. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to say, this name on the internet, gina.net, that's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the Whois, it's me. I'm hosting my page on it, and all the data on there is my data. Yeah, yeah. So that's a very good way to establish an identity for yourself mm-hmm. without having to go to the rules of Twitter, Facebook, and the other site Absolutely, levels, as we yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. And especially, so I have my website since 2003 or four. I think my first blog post was in 2004, and it still still works. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the internet has been... The internet has changed a lot. Yes. But the technology, the basic technologies, HTML and so on, exactly. it's, they're all still there. Exactly. Uh, that's it, very stable. Yeah. Because, uh, and it's on purpose because uh, the browsers do want to be able to show old uh, stuff also, even HTML 2.0 or something. Yeah. Still works uh, pretty well, actually. Yeah. So that's, I think also that that's one of the points where. Um, some people are getting better at that, at just saying what you need to do to join the indie web isn't this huge list of things. No, no. It's just get get a domain name so you have your identity locked down. Um, you can point it at GitHub. Yeah. Throw a single HTML file on GitHub, and GitHub will just display it on your domain name. Yeah. And you're done. You yeah. now you have an identity online. So if I would like to have a domain. How would I do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, shop around. No. <laughs> that's that's always a bit tricky. Yeah. Um, there there are loads of domain providers, and I think everyone has their favorites. Yeah. Personally, I I often look at can I get it directly from the uh, the party that manages it. Mm-hmm. So I think in Sweden it was .se or something they were just called. Okay. Uh, run by the ISS, something like that. Either way, no idea. <laughs> uh, they used to also be their own registrar. Mm. Ah, okay, okay. So 
I, I pay a small premium because unlike if you go to a hosting company, a lot of hosting companies will say, ah, you get a free domain name or, yeah, yeah. but they're buying in bulk. So yeah. they're just saying we, we, every year we buy X many yeah. domain names and we get a nice price. I went straight to as close to the registry I could get. So obviously they couldn't sell bulk. So yeah. I pay a little premium, yeah, yeah. but I get some sort of guarantee that the registry I'm with yeah. isn't just going to disappear because this is this registry is run by the same people running the domain name. Yeah, yeah. So that's something I prefer to do. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. If, if you're someone who's collecting 100 domain names, which some people also do, yeah. you probably want to go for a much cheaper yeah, yeah. one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah exactly. There's in Sweden there's Lupia and uh, Binero. Those are the two biggest, I think. Yeah, I I have a hosting account at Binero. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, I only have I don't have a hosting account. I only have like the domain on there. Okay, now I have a hosting too. Yeah. Uh, I recently also got a a VPS a server mm-hmm. uh, at Herzner in Germany. Okay. So I can do slightly more stuff with the technology there. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't switched everything over. So our email and so on, we're using Binero for that. So what's your background in like internet technology? Internet technology. <laughs> I just I just went and learned stuff by myself. Okay. Uh, and I think when I was around 11, 12 years old, mm-hmm. and I first went out on the ADSL internet, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to do this myself. So you do some HTML tutorials online mm-hmm. and you go on Amazon groups and you, you make this table-based layout that you're very proud of. Nice. And then when you need more, you went to GeoCities because now I could upload entire HTML pages. Mm-hmm. And I think after that, we went to... Oh, I forgot the name. Is it Lyco? Something like that. They have a little dog yeah, logo. Lycos. Lycos. Because they hosted PHP. Ooh. And then, so then from GeoCities to Lycos, I could now use includes and add a dynamic menu. Oh, and nice. You get nice. all this stuff. So ba- just basically from, yeah. from that age onward, I was always playing with okay, this. Okay, okay, I see. Uh, <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, that's basically for me also, but I started much, much later in my life. But I guess around the same time, 2003, 2004, for me at least. Yeah, no, that would be about the same time. Yeah. And then, yeah, same as you, I first some HTML and then I had this menu and I didn't want to copy it everywhere. So, ah, this, this one, they let me do PHP and they can, can do this include thing. Yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, sometimes I think that that is, um, uh, something that people are missing on right now. Yeah. Because if you want to start right now, Listen to some podcasts and you get all these start at Squarespace. Yeah, you have yeah. all the templates and all yeah, the... Yeah. And then when we're sitting at an indie web camp and someone's like, oh, I want to I want to do this thing. I want to own my identity. It's like, okay, yeah. uh, do we want to make an HTML page for you and put the metadata on and so on to get you started? And then you really have to go like, oh yeah, so this is HTML. Yeah. And sometimes it's people who, who do know how websites work or who have shared... Um, Albums, picture albums online or whatever. It's just, yeah, but they've never actually looked at what was behind that. Mm -hmm. And I think when we started, there was much more this this whole group of people all together were starting at, okay, we got to learn this HTML thing. Exactly. Otherwise, I can't (laughs) put up my website and to make it look like I want to look and so on. But nowadays, yeah, 
Facebook has the same look for everyone. You can change the pictures and the text, but that's about it, I guess. Yeah, but, but everyone always wants to change it. Yeah. Just look at back when MySpace was a thing. Yeah. People were all into customizing how their website looks. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful, but there were several people who learned HTML, or at least what HTML looks like. Oh yeah, like. that's true. Yeah. But the same with blogger.com uh, yeah. or blog blogger.se and so on, where you could put some parts of HTML into it, but you could change your template, but you didn't need to, 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 to start from scratch, basically. Yeah, I think those are very good, yeah. but it's very hard to... Um, when we're trying to pull people in to say like, okay, we, we have to build a website now. Mm. So you just, and a lot of, in the community, you see this movement where it's like, okay, just, just use WordPress, but we're building these extra tools. Just yeah. use Jekyll if you're into that. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's necessary because most of the people would like to publish, yeah. but not to program, which no. I totally understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean... For me, it's fun to program, but uh, I'm also, once I'm done with, with a feature, I'm really happy that I don't need to touch it, uh, hopefully <laughs> for a year or something, because I want, I, I really want to publish stuff. Uh, so sure, it's fun in the beginning, but when it, when it has a bug and you need to debug and it crashes and oh, I just want to post this thing. I don't want to dig into this uh, <laughs> whole thing. But that's because I'm doing it from scratch myself. But as you said, if you would, if you use uh, WordPress, for example, then WordPress is also like a quite a mature software nowadays, I would say. It had it had its problem in in the yeah like ten years ago obviously, but I think it's uh, it's much better now. And uh, yeah, I would I agree that that's a really nice uh, starting point, and from there you can still dig in like on Blogger and change the templates if you want to. Yeah, but you don't need to because there's a, a lot of uh, templates and so on already nice templates for you to, to, to just use. Yeah, we, we've been having a lot of problems with those templates on the indie web. But, sure. Uh, <laughs> sure, because but, but we have can, a special case for those templates. Because yeah. we have a special case, because we want to be able to read out the data, not yeah, just yeah. publish. Perhaps let's, 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 uh, let's talk about this part of the indie web, because there's the, the, the main thing is you have your own domain and you, you have a blog or something and you publish it and then you're part of the basically the free or independent internet i would yeah. say uh, and then the the word indie web has more meaning to it than 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 just that because they it it has like um, basically the as far as i understand it at least it's it's a we are trying to come up with ways to doing what what you can do on Facebook and Twitter and so on, but in the free outside of those uh, yeah. those communities. Yeah. So I think if you go to the the real core of IndieWeb is at indieweborg slash principles, mm -hmm. which is own your own data, own your own identity. Um, but then we see that people have done this. We're now we're on our own little blocks, our own little islands. Yeah. Uh, and this worked well. Mm -hmm. I mean, 20 years ago, or maybe not 20, but 10 years ago, you had this whole blogosphere idea. Yeah. Everyone had their own blogs. 
And then people just went and read each other's blogs. And not only that, but they also went and commented on, on those blogs. Yeah. So I remember, because I was quite early with blogging also, I, I've been read, my blog has been read a lot and I had at least 20, 30 comments per, per blog post and I've been writing like twice a week. So compared to now where I, yeah, I, I get a couple of likes on Facebook. <laughs> I guess I was it, I was more interesting back then, or there was not that many people uh, publishing. It, it's probably a bit of everything. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's the big next step. People have their own websites now, but kind of also want the same interactions as they were getting on Twitter and on Facebook but from their own websites, because we don't want people to have to go to Twitter again and copy over all their content and yeah. their identity. So that's where a few different protocols come in, and there, there are loads of options. Uh, the one I think the most pushed or the most popular also within the Indie web community is to use web mentions, mm -hmm. which is just having your website say to another website, hey, uh, I'm, I'm linking to you now. Yeah. And the other website can go back and look at what's being linked. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the, the pingback idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the next step is that now if, if you link to me and my website goes and validates that indeed gina.net links to funofhand.se, I want to do something with that. Mm -hmm. like, I want to know, did you, did you just mention me because I was on a podcast with you? Or are you writing about me? Or what, what's going on? Or maybe you're commenting on something I wrote. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So then I want my website to be able to read your website without me having to jump in between. Yeah. And just kind of tell me what, what's going on here. What, what has Gina published? Uh, and for that, we've been very much using microformats, which is adding a few little tag keywords, basically, within your HTML mm -hmm. to tell another computer or another program that, oh, this part is the content of my blog post. This was the title of it. Mm. This is the author. This is me. Uh, and that way, my website can much more easily read yours. So, but uh, if, if we didn't have microformats, I mean, mm. HTML is already machine readable. Yeah. So why, why doesn't that work? People put so much stuff on one page. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, but it's... If, if you really go and look at the standard HTML that WordPress, for example, generates, mm -hmm. it's still pretty hard to figure out where's the actual blog post on that okay, page. I see. Because someone had a sidebar, someone added a weather widget, someone has a contact list, a blog roll, a menu up top, uh, maybe the menu copied on the bottom. Mm -hmm. What exactly is now being written? Uh, I guess it's also it comes also from the from the old HTML standards where you only had you didn't have like an article tag you didn't have like a menu tag and so on you build it from from more abstract ones yeah I guess today it would be still I guess difficult but not as difficult as back then to to find what you're interested in yeah if someone's writing really neat. HTML5, semantic HTML, that should be fine. We should be able to grab, all right, this is the main tag. I'm looking for the first article tag within it. Yeah. Uh, it should have its title in a header tag. Some people may not have done, maybe just mm. use the title or something, but we should be able to extract something there. But then we still only have 
the published post. Mm -hmm. And I'm still not seeing any sort of metadata why this post is linking to me. I see, okay. So that's that's another layer that microformats can add. Mm -hmm. Because you can then say, this link here is actually the link I am replying to. There's a special tag for that. You add that to the to the link tag in HTML, mm -hmm. and then when my when my website comes and parses yours, it knows that oh, hang on, this isn't just a post that links to me. It's actually a post that's reacting directly to one of my other posts. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I can maybe I'll pull it in and display it as a comment underneath. Some people are doing that. Maybe I want to mail this to myself. Uh, mm -hmm. Whatever I want to do. So. So if we go back to the word doing it with WordPress, I yep. guess if you use it, if you would use WordPress uh, with a default template or something, it would only have this HTML part. Yeah. So how how does then WordPress know that I'm reacting or commenting or stuff like this? A few very clever people in the community okay. are working on WordPress plugins that try to fix this up. Mm -hmm. um, I know some of them have had, as, as I said before, there, there was a bit of a struggle with WordPress templates where they used, like many years ago, microformats version one got some traction, Google was using it, people started using it, and it ended up in some WordPress templates. I see. Including, I think, in the default, mm -hmm. which is wonderful, it's great. And then people started to make their own modifications of the templates without knowing what these metadata tags meant. I see. Because so, those metadata tags uh, in practice are class yeah. attributes on HTML tags. Yeah, so there is, there's this Which one. are also used by CSS to hook into and JavaScript to hook yeah, into exactly. and display stuff. So yeah. so you, if you have like, uh, let's say, main content or whatever, then some people would use it for for this for display purposes to have a different background color and so on, but in fact the person who put it in the f uh, the first person, it was most probably because of uh, microformats. Yeah, so the first person might have used the 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 class thing that we used for uh, for the title of the post correctly yeah. to point at the title, and then. Three iterations later, someone's like, oh, but I really want to display the date with the title mm. and just put it in the same HTML element. And suddenly, when you ask a microformats parser, the title of the post is now post name directly followed by the, by the date of the post. I see, okay. And then stuff started breaking. Um, so they, they've been working on like extensions, plugins to WordPress that add back this, these things as well as then plugins on the back end of WordPress that will let you really easily just say, oh yeah, I'm writing a reply right now. Mm -hmm. okay. And just put in the address of what they're replying to. I see, um, okay, yeah, interesting. So besides uh, WordPress, are there any other uh, uh, ready to go uh, software perhaps? Or are you aware of something? Yeah, there's definitely known mm -hmm. with known, which um, was, and they they really wanted to build a system that came out of the new app ideas. Okay. Yeah. So they, from the start, have when you try to make a post, you get to choose what sort of post type you're using, and it'll have the right markup as well. Mm -hmm. So that's that's definitely another thing that should be ready to go. Um, I think like WordPress, the problem with those full systems is always that they're built to do so much. Yeah. And the indie web 
all, all us small-time bloggers building our own little things, yeah. we, we are very quickly on iterating stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if something doesn't work, it's very quickly that everyone drops support of it. Mm. And we move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And these platforms can't always keep up. So I think the, the WordPress guys do a great job. The known people have done a great job as well. It's, it's just always a little bit of these... Um, I don't know. If you, if you start with it, if you set it up, you'll have a website, it's in your web, and then maybe when you try to comment on someone, mm-hmm. the first time it's going to go wrong, and you'll have to look up some help. Just just ask people for help, because we're always yeah, very yeah. happy to help. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right, yeah, th- this one little toggle has to be set, or this one little... <laughs> th- th- these tiny things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. So I guess we can say that uh, our community is still in very much in development or at least the the protocols which we are looking at and so on so that's because uh, so many or how do you say it yeah basically it's it still breaks because we move fast and we move fast because we are still quite small i guess that that could very well be part of it i'm not sure why we move fast in some places not Mm. fast in other places yeah i think Things are starting to mature now, yeah. so we're very every every time I log into the chat now, it's very often that some conversation comes up where it's like, aren't we ready now to pull in these these journalists or mm-hmm. these librarians or people who have some sort of affinity with with computers already and who know who want to write, who want to own their own writing specifically? Mm. Are, are we ready to pull them in yet? Mm. And then there's always this conversation like, oh yeah, if they're willing to put in some time. We're ready to take them in. Yeah. It's like, but are we? Can we just give them something? And then the answer might be, uh, maybe they they should really just try the WordPress plugins. Talk yeah. with the WordPress folks. Try the WordPress plugins. Uh, try with Known yeah. because they're very good platforms. And then we just kind of have to wait for these mm. people to try. And I'm also the wrong person to talk to because I'm also <laughs> the person who just runs his own little code. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. But the, <laughs> The standards are maturing. Yeah. So Web Mentions is a W3C standards. Um, in the auth, a specification we use for identifying ourselves with our domain name. So no more logins and passwords, just input yeah. my domain name. Which is based on OAuth 2. Which is based on OAuth 2. Uh, and so it's put together by Aaron Parecki, who I think manages the OAuth.net website. Mm-hmm. He also wrote a great book. It's a great plug. Uh, <laughs> I think OAuth 2 Simplified, I think yeah. it's called. Uh, so he wrote this extension on the OAuth. Very good. I think that got published as a... I have to think. be very careful what I say. I think as a working group note between, within the W3C okay. social web working group. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 but it is... Pretty mature. Everything's in there. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon anymore. No. So we get to implement it. Yeah. Uh, I have to say I've implemented like let's say eighty percent of my stuff when I when I just joined uh, in the the indie web movement basically, which I think was about four or five years ago, and basically everything still works as it worked before. I'm just adding new things yeah. slowly. Yeah. But the old stuff still works. Uh... The old stuff. And and it should still work. Yeah. I think um, IndieAuth has had some changes between like four years ago the 
experimental phase yeah, and yeah. the notes that now got published. Yeah. Um, but those are mostly just minor details. And we've been relatively quickly at fixing them. Mm. So, so in an older spec, some sort of parameter had to be given and that's got struck out. And then some applications were complaining that, oh, I'm not seeing this thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, file a little bug. It's no longer required, take it out. Okay, Just yeah. the small little things. But for the gri- for the big lines, everything's the same. Wet mentions are the same. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the microformats do mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the bigger changes was that event, I think it was events, have been brought much more closer to just posts mm-hmm. by saying that because previously, if you made an event, it had completely different properties. Uh, there's no there's no published date on an event. There's only the date the event is happening. But people started posting events as if yeah, they were yeah. posts on their timelines, uh, as if you would see them on on Facebook, yeah. just as a post. And then obviously people were adding these things yeah. like, oh, it has a published date now. So those specs kind of changed. So when you're now reading someone's event page, you might be getting more information than you were getting before. I see. Okay. Or the information is much more like you would expect because you're expecting a published date okay, timestamp. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those things still change. And I think those things will always change because people are always going to find out, oh, this is a sort of data point I have to publish because yeah. I want people to be able to read this. Yeah. And other data points, not so much, and they might fall away. Hmm. But the core... The core technologies of, oh yeah, I have to let you know that I've written this post, those are very mature and stable, and yeah, I yeah. think those will always be used. Um, yeah, yeah, I see, yeah. Yeah, I agree, I agree. <laughs> I have the same feeling, basically. Uh, yeah. So, what what do you implement on your website from, from all of this? Just, My- just a, like a bird's eye overview. <laughs> oh yeah. Now I, I like to kid it's, I think it's in my Twitter profile that I have, that I've mastered the H card. So mm-hmm. H card is the micro format for a business card for your personal information. Okay. Because if you parse my website on a micro formats parser, there's a lot of information. Okay. Um, I, I have all the normal things that everyone has their name, uh, I also have my length, how tall I am, but also how tall I was at birth. Uh, I, I just <laughs> okay. have this, a ton of information in there, basically to show people that you can do this with microformats. It doesn't have to be, oh, it's my name and my email address and my domain name. Okay, no, interesting. it's, it's yeah. my personality. It's my business card. I just put way more information on there than <laughs> most people. Uh, I've also obviously implemented IndieAuth, Auth, so I can log in mm-hmm. with my with my URL. That's myself. So on, on which level did you implement it? Uh, because f- I see for indie, indie Auth, you could basically put uh, Realme uh, yeah. and just log in via GitHub or something. You could, ha- uh, you could uh, do your own server or you could even do your own token service. So that, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the big thing there is that the, the website IndieAuth.net that is being used to log in with uh, supports a thing called Realme Auth, mm-hmm. which is that if two websites link to each other using a rel equals me attribute on the link, mm-hmm. both have it, then we assume that both pages are controlled by the same person. Mm-hmm. So if one of those two pages is, for example, Twitter, and Twitter allows us to create these login with Twitter buttons, yeah. then we can let that Twitter user log in and we still know that they are the same person as Gina.net okay, as the okay. domain. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's Realme auth. 
which isn't at all in the indie auth specification. It's just something that indieauth.net, the website that we're using on the wiki and on some places for logging in, supports that. I see, um, okay. And to, to get rid of this confusion between indieauth.net, the website, and the indieauth way of logging in, indieauth.net, I think, is in the progress of being replaced with indie login. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it was .net or .com. Yeah. There, there's going to be something. There, there's one indieauth website, because now I'm starting to doubt whether it was indieauth.com <laughs> or indieauth.net, yeah, yeah. and it's Doesn't going matter. to be replaced with indie login. So people are very clear that, okay, we have a login page, yeah. but that's not... Indieauth. So I do indieauth the, the protocol, the spec, which means that my website can communicate with whatever other website I'm logging into mm -hmm. to say that, yes, the person that's currently visiting your website is Martijn, is the person in control of funevent.se. And without the, uh, the login page from... Yeah, from without any third parties. Okay, so yeah. I can go to a website, enter my URL, hit login. It sends me to my own login page. Yeah. And there, on my own server, and there I can log in. And okay. if you maybe you have a very, very well designed system for this, and you don't even have to log in if you're already logged in on your website, you just instantly log in. That's um, what I do actually. Yeah. So I, I have like, if I'm logged in, then my system knows if, that the admin is logged in, and then I just uh, redirect myself uh, back straight through. Yeah. yeah. So you really don't have to do anything other than enter your domain name and hit the login button. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's really nice. Mine always asks for password. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but that's also because I'm using. The, the nice thing of this is that you can just use all sorts of external parties, external pages. It doesn't have to be baked into your website system. Mm -hmm. So I'm using a little open source solution, self-auth, mm -hmm. that I help develop. And anyway, it's just one PHP file I put on my server. I have to put a configuration file next to it, and I'm done. I, I see. point at that. And from that moment on, I can log in. Mm -hmm. But because that's not built into anything, it doesn't, okay. it doesn't, know it doesn't start you're... a session. Okay. It doesn't know that I'm still logged yeah, in. Yeah. It always asks me. Yeah. So I'm using that self-auth. Uh, and I just recently, I'm not using it yet, but I just recently, during the Indie Web Camp in Dusseldorf, which I think was two weeks ago? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I, during the Indie Web Camp, I wrote another IndieAuth implementation for uh, access tokens. Mm -hmm. So access tokens are this thing that you go to your login page, you log in, and then the server can go like, okay, yeah, you've, you've proven that you're Gina, but now I want to be able to do something with your website or post for you or whatever. So I'm going to go back to the website and say like, okay, Gina just logged in with me. Can I please have this token that I can keep that will always be valid? Mm -hmm. And then later on, when I send the thing that says like, I want to create this post and the token is on it, uh, I I can be able to post. So yeah. external editors can use this to post to any blog. Um, use We have a different spec there called Micropub, mm -hmm. which I don't implement yet, but I did write the token endpoint now. I see. Okay. So now I can log in and, a, and the application can go and ask for a token, Yeah. which is also fully open source and everyone can use it, just one PHP file. Uh, okay, cool. Me. It's like a, a, one of those small building blocks where, which yeah. we have, so but like a, implement, a real implementation of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically the full implementation of the, the URL where you do the whole mm -hmm. switching between a login code and a, and a token that you yeah. can save. And so all of that implemented in one file mm -hmm. uh, that anyone on a PHP server, which are still the servers I think are easiest to get for people. Mm -hmm. So like if, if you go out and you want to host your first website, yeah. it's very easy to go to a cheap hosting company 
uh, one.com or something, yeah, yeah. and they'll have a server ready for you with yeah, PHP yeah, yeah. on it. So, and WordPress is, for example, also and WordPress, yeah. PHP and yeah. many, many big... Uh, exactly. Things. So this is why if the people don't want to use something big like Known or WordPress, but still want to use these different technologies that the Inweb has been creating, yeah. you can take these little building blocks yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've been testing. So Self-Auth has been around for a while now. It's very easy to set up if you just want to log in. I've now released uh, Min Token, which is just for the tokens. Mm-hmm. That combination, because that lets you create tokens, can then be used by micropub implementations other people have written. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I myself um, on, in the middle. <laughs> I don't have a, my own token thingy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the next step. But I, I do have this, uh, yeah, login built in. Uh, but what what I use those uh, building blocks or small things for is that I look at how it's implemented. And then just uh, rewrite it in 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 my Ruby code or something, which yeah. is much easier than reading the whole specification and finding <laughs> out. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, just um, just this week, or la- I think last week, I guess, because we're recording this on a Monday. <laughs> I, I was called out for being one of those people who read the spec. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a, a friend of mine, Sepsol in chat, Sebastian. He wrote a blog post mm-hmm. about web mentions, explaining web mentions. Mm-hmm. So both from the spec point of view, where it's just this one website says to another website, hey, I link to you. And also explaining that, oh, a website can go back and parse it and include a comment if it's a comment and so on. He wrote this great post and he's somewhere at the start, he's like, oh yeah, uh, so some people will say that a web mention is only the first step, the talking to <laughs> service. And then between parentheses, he was like, Looking at you, Martijn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, details matter. <laughs> yeah, so, and of course, one of the things that's very big in the new app is uh, self-dogfooding, which is if you're, if you're building this thing, use it yourself. Mm-hmm. So I've worked on self-auth for login, so I use that myself. Because when I stop using it myself, I'm not going to work on it anymore. Yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Uh, so it's very good that... If people are at least saying like, oh, look at these specifications that they're also implementing it, mm. which is one of the reasons I wrote the token endpoint before really using it. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I'm, I'm reading this specification the whole time. Mm. Now I want to know how it's done. So I, yeah. I just want to build this, implement this. Yeah. Um, all, all of the things me and you are doing are for, for the generation zero, I think. We, we have this... Uh, this uh, I think it's it it's a picture or something with all the gener is it called generations? Yeah, it's yeah. called generations. It's yeah. uh it's a triangle, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because the top is the smallest group. Exactly, yeah. And the top I think is generate is either zero or one, but it's the yeah. generation of developers, the people who are building this stuff. Exactly. And then the next up group is something like journalists and the, those journalists and librarians I was talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, the, yeah. the next people who are tech savvy enough that they want to test this out mm-hmm. and can come back with bugs. And then all the way at the bottom, the biggest group are just everyone. Yeah, <laughs> everyone yeah. in the world who's just an end user. Yeah. So I guess uh, we are still in between uh, zero and one. <laughs> yeah. The first no, and I, the I, second generation. I think somewhere. a lot of people agree with that. Um, and some people think that we're further into the one. Other people think we're still very much into the zero. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure where I stand on that question. Ah, you stand on the, uh, well, on the I, question, okay. Yeah, yeah on the question. <laughs> I, I know that I am not a okay. one. Uh, 
No. And some people also think that the tri- the whole triangle is wrong. Okay. They've done onboarding things last year on indie webcams in Germany, mm-hmm. where they're very much like, okay, we'll create these personas instead. Okay. Very much, almost a marketing way. Like, yeah. okay, we have this one person who is a businesswoman, and we have this one person who is a stay-at-home dad, and I don't know what the exact roles were, but yeah. they, they drew up these roles and said like, okay, these people know this much. These mm. people know this much about computers. Mm. And then kind of from there looked at where are we? Mm. Rather than saying, oh, we have very technological people and then we have journalists. And yeah, then we yeah, have, yeah. no, so they went much I more I mean, personal. the world is obviously more complicated than who one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's that. But mm. um, uh, Let's talk a little bit about... Well, because you mentioned it that you were in Düsseldorf on an on our indie web camp. Yeah, I wasn't on this one. I was staying at home just programming together with them. Okay, they, I see. Yeah. They, but an indie web camp uh, are these events that we put up mm-hmm. with the indie web. They're happening all over the world, although mostly in the US and Europe. Yeah. Uh, and they're just a get together for all the people who, who really are engaged with this, who really want to own their identities. Um, we love to get other people to come who are just getting started. And we present what we have, we present our own websites, we kind of talk about what do we want to change about our website, what's, what's our next itch. And then we have some sessions during day one, where mm. it's a lot of, okay, we'll, we'll do this session about the building blocks. Mm. Like, okay, how do you log in? Okay, maybe you want to use Realme Auth or something. Yeah. And some other sessions that people just kind of choose on the spot. And then the next day is always the, the hack day where everyone sits down, hunkers down and writes. Yeah, and um, you have like four hours to implement something to you, demo later. Yeah, and you really, you really want to finish up and then yeah. only, only a quarter of the room actually finishes something for the demos. I mean, it's really difficult. The time is short and you want to do something meaningful. But at yes. the same time, a lot of peop- new people are there, so you want to help them also to, to, to get something working yeah. uh, so, so they can keep on working on that at home and so on. Yeah, yeah. it's difficult. <laughs> I, I always get away from them very inspired. Mm. The last one we were both on was in Berlin. Yeah. Uh, which was, I, I came back from that with like, okay, now yeah. I'm really going to do stuff. Uh, I, I moved some stuff over to this to this German Hetzner server so I yeah, could yeah. choose my own version of PHP to run. And yeah. yeah, I had just all those little things that then, oh yeah, I'm feeling completely inspired by being with all these other people mm-hmm. that also want to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, about the own server and own domain. What would you what would you say how much because if on Twitter or Facebook and so on because you are the product, you don't have to pay anything per, per month, per mm. year or anything. But if you do, do want to own your own stuff, then obviously it gets much more difficult because you first need to understand what what, what you need to do and then do it somewhere uh, and most often on a server, uh, which is which is not at home. You could, you could do that in theory also, but it's much more difficult. So at least for for my domain, I'm I'm paying around I think uh, ten euros, fifteen euros, or something per year. Yeah, that sounds about right. And then I have a really uh, I have my own 
like a virtual private server, which I which I myself do everything on it, all the updates and so on. So so it's not a hosted thing by someone else. It's just a virtual private server for me, and I pay five five about five euros per month, which then is per year uh, sixty euros. Yeah. So about seventy, let's say one hundred euros per year. You you would need to to put on just just to get your domain and somewhere to put your HTML on. Maybe. Mm. Um, I think it's completely fine to just, if you have a name, start with the domain name. Mm. Obviously, I mean, the domain name is going to be something that you're, you'll have to pay for. Yeah. Um, but what is nice with the domain name is you're not only using it for, for this website, you can also use it as your email address, which is which is really cool to have yep. your own email address on your own domain or even host for your whole family email addresses and so on. Yeah, so that, that's something I would say. It's like maybe you can get away with getting a domain name for the entire family like I have done, just yeah. my surname, and maybe even split those costs, mm -hmm. those those 15 euros a month. And then take take just a subdomain name for yourself, your first name dot your last name, mm -hmm. and point it at GitHub and put up an HTML page for free. Mm -hmm. oh, now yeah. now yeah. you're only with your family paying together for an email address so everyone can get this nice or domain name so everyone can get this nice email address that never has to change anymore. Yeah. My do my email address has never changed in the last yeah. I don't know how many years we have the domain name. Yeah. Same here. Because yeah. it's just my name. And behind the scenes, well, it has pointed to to Google for a while. Now it points to my own email. I yeah. might switch it over to something else again. But I never have to go and tell people about yeah, my new exactly. email address anymore. Yeah. And it looks super professional yeah. because I'm not using at Gmail or at Hotmail. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think there is is a pretty good value proposition to be made. Yeah. And then start if you if you just want to go HTML, start with a free page on GitHub. And if you want to move on from there, I think there are like, I maybe you are even able to find like one euro a month packages. I don't know what no. the cheapest one.com thing goes on now. I have no idea. But also, for example, if you if you want to use WordPress, there is WordPress.com, which would which hosts a WordPress uh, instance for you. Yeah. They update it. They do everything. Can you install plugins like the indie web plugins on it? I don't know because okay. I'm not a WordPress user. No, no, me neither. Um, but you you have to look into that. They definitely do hosted and managed WordPress. Yeah. I don't know about the indie web plugins. But I um, think it's... You should be able to point your own domain name at it as well. Exactly, yeah. So again, even if you later on then want to move to a place where you can use the indie web plugins, if you mm. can't on WordPress, I yeah. don't know. But then nothing has to change for your visitors because mm. they're still just going to visit your domain name. Yeah. And behind the scenes, you've just pointed it elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I just checked the one.com in Sweden starts at 20 crowns a month. Okay. So two euros a month can get you uh, a server and they'll host your email for you. They'll keep the server up to date and you can put WordPress on there. Okay, cool. That's really cheap. Nice. And obviously... Like we are on slightly more expensive packages because yeah. we want to get more out of it. We need yeah. more control. We want to run maybe 
slightly less default programming languages on there. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. If you're just happy to get your first homepage started, you can start out much cheaper than mm. what we're at. Okay, yeah. Because I think a lot of people who, I mean, people who have time are basically those people who don't have money. <laughs> and <laughs> therefore, I think a lot of people who start out with it are students. Uh, like who are interested in this because they might be computer science students or whatever and they get interested but then as a student you have so little money so it's it's still an important thing to talk about i think yeah you as a computer science student maybe you can uh, get a html page hosted by the university I that's true yeah. the universities used to do that a lot yeah um I think they still mostly do it for like professors and so on. Yeah, yeah. Maybe no longer for students. I don't know. Ask around, I'd say. Yeah, I, I know that it was possible, but nobody know, knew about it, basically. So if, <laughs> if you were interested, you, you, you would find out how to do it. Yeah, and I, I think there's no such thing as asking too many questions. No. So go out and ask. Go ask family if they want to share the code for a domain name so everyone can have a nice email address. Yeah. Um, Go ask that one computer friend you already have. Maybe he's already hosting a website. Yeah. And just hosting your website next to uh, their website actually isn't a big problem. Exactly. I started out like this. I, I, I only moved onto my own server like two years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Before that, I was always on a friend's server. And with my emails, I'm still on a friend's <laughs> server. But I just have my domain pointing to his server. Yeah. Uh, the email doesn't change or anything, uh, but he holds my my emails, and now I finally moved on to to doing my own server stuff because it's it got that cheap that I could do it like with five euros a month. Uh, but before that, I had two different friends who, for years and years, they I, they just hosted me for free, basically. Yeah, I definitely when I started out, like. As a, as a 14 year old, I wasn't going to rent a VPS in Germany, yeah. uh, which needed a credit card and, yeah, exactly, and a, yeah. a fixed amount of money to be paid every month. <laughs> I, I also just had a friend somewhere, I think in the US, who was like, oh, I'm already hosting my own website. Yeah. I can easily give you this, this little bit of storage for you to experiment on. Yeah. And that's just fine. Uh, as long as the identity part, so the domain name, is at least under your control yeah. because then you can always switch. Yeah, I think exactly. that's the that's maybe the most important part of the domain name is that the domain name doesn't have to change. Yeah. The server behind it can change. The email service you're using behind it can change. Everything can change, but your identity is still the same domain name. Exactly. So you're still the same identity. Because if yeah, I know from from my from my stepdaughter, <laughs> she. She used to change the domain, uh, the, the the services quite quite often. Mm -hmm. So like from Tumblr to Instagram, then here and there, and it was impossible to follow her basically. So only people who who really took the time to <laughs> to do this could follow her. But for me, I'm I'm on the same domain since like 2004. Yeah. So. And that's like 14 years now. <laughs> that's it's, a long time. It's actually one of the reasons why I am not on the root domain, but I'm in a subfolder. Mm -hmm. 
is because that's where I started. When oh, we I got see. the domain name, yeah. I, I was at a web host where I couldn't just create a subdomain. Mm. So I created this subfolder. Yeah. It's just my first name, but it came behind the domain name. Sure. And that, and I just started using that. And even though I've now moved up to a, a completely different technological setup behind the mm-hmm. scenes, I'm like, I don't want to change my URL. No. I, I've always said that I am at fundervent.se slash Martijn. Mm. I'm not going to put it as a, as a subdomain name. I'm not going to register a new domain name. I'm just going to stick with that subfolder. Although, because you're owning that domain, you could, in theory, create a subdomain and yeah. then redirect to it. That would that would technically work, but that, that would work. But it, it wouldn't be that it, nice. It's, it's also the feeling. Yeah, it's yeah. A, <laughs> I, I could create a redirect from slash Martijn to Martijn dot Yeah, I think actually I have it set up the other way around right okay, now. Yeah. I'm not sure, but maybe Martijn dot dot actually works and redirects to this uh, to the subfolder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, this is the URL I've used for all these years. This mm. is the URL that was in my email footer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to change it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it might have problems. You might get problems because you're, you're saying, uh, if you want to be on your completely own server, uh, d- completely different from your mother and brother, then uh, yeah. you need to do some trickery to, yeah, to get this working. That, yeah. That's really the only part. So I, I just have to get all my family members on subdomains instead. <laughs> <laughs> so the root domain really is just me. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I guess uh, if you just uh, would use it, uh, use a proxy. Yeah, and then there are several ways to do so it. That's, that, not that's really not, not a really problem. a problem. No. And I, I, I quite enjoy it. The wiki had a little bit of issue with it, the IndieWeb wiki, when I logged in the first time. Mm-hmm. I think we got that all figured out. But I don't remember what what is the definition. Is it domain or is it URL? Because those are two different things. Because like ex- your your case is the the example where you could have different people on the same domain. Yeah. Yeah, which is why I'm very careful in trying to always say URL, although okay. I've probably said domain once or twice now. Uh, I I don't know what the wiki says, actually, for mm. login. Mm-hmm. We usually, like, we a lot of people in the community will recommend domain names. Yeah. Like, get, get an actual domain name, which is just a name with the TLD, the dot something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that's the part you control. And in my case, well, I just happen to have all the different building blocks that I need to log in, except it's on a subfolder instead yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the root domain. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was a bit of like, oh, I think the the slash got changed to an underscore. And th- there were these <laughs> tiny little things yeah, why yeah. some links just broke on the wiki. Yeah. I can just create redirects on the wiki and it's all it's all figured out. Because the, the building blocks, the technology behind it doesn't really care. Okay. So you can implement in the auth with any sort of URL you want, mm. but for you to actually independently control your identity, it's very important that you or someone very close to you controls the domain name. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, again, the, the one static part. Yeah. I see, yeah. Yeah, true. I think in the beginning I had most of... I didn't want to have like my age card on the on the front page mm-hmm. when, you, when you come into it because I wanted to have like a landing page. Here's everything new, uh, like this happened and that happened. But uh, then I had a, I had a about page 
which was a different page. And I had also a couple of those problems you have <laughs> where, where you were supposed to, to, uh, if you if you want to get the information, you were supposed to go to that other page, but most most of the implementation didn't do it. I don't remember if they do it now. I think the the email was one of the, those problems, and I think I just added it also to to the small H card on the front page. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know how implementation are doing with that now. I think mm. most of them take the first H card they can get their hands on, mm. and they don't actually follow through. Mm. Um, I do believe there is some sort of discussion, brainstorm thing, maybe on the microformats wiki, mm. about how you should be able to have a bigger H card, or so bigger business card with your information on a sub-page and just link to it, yeah. and still identify yourself with your root domain. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure where that stands. Mm. I remember it was like really like a special rel me to this uh, yeah, sub page. Yeah, I, th I think it's something like that yeah. where it's like okay, if you find a rel me and it's on the same domain name, yeah. follow it and see if there's a bigger H card there. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't think anyone's actually implementing that. No. No. Or am I? I don't remember. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, that's a good question. If you create a different about page, yeah. you should also implement parsing it. Exactly. <laughs> but I never need to parse my stuff. So. <laughs> but I agree. I agree. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's see. I think we talked about the most important stuff here. Uh, Posting on your own identity. Exactly, yeah. And come to an indie webcam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're really fun. They are, absolutely. It's basically like from a... People arrive at Friday afternoon or evening and then uh, mostly get some beers or something on Friday. Yeah. And then it starts uh, Saturday morning at 9, I guess, mostly. Or yeah, 9-ish, 9-10. And then... Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, it's I just a, a day of hanging around with like-minded people who want to discuss stuff. And then maybe afterwards go out for dinner together. Exactly. The next day, same time, except then it's what you're going to build. Exactly. And sit down and write stuff. I believe they've been getting better and better at also doing projects together. Mm -hmm. So two or three people will sit together and just go, okay, we want to build this or we yeah. need to create this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember what I still want to talk about. So you ex you explained that uh, if if someone comments on something you wrote, for example, mm -hmm. then uh, they they get a uh, they send a web mention, and then you can your website can look at what was written and decide uh, what to do with it. Yeah. So you said you would, for example, send yourself an email with with, with uh, just to to be aware of it. But some someone might want to copy those this text uh, this or whatever it is uh, and publishes it as a comment or something under under yeah. the thing. So yeah, 
exactly. instead of having a comment form, you can go on your own website, write a comment, but link to my post exactly. or someone else's post, and they can then go, oh, it's a comment, copy the text displayed beneath their own post, just like a regular comment, yeah. so that other people reading their website can see what Gina had to say. Exactly. And uh, because you say what Gina had to say, you would normally put uh, at, uh, at least the name of the person into it, yeah. and then the, the text. It, I think best way it's it looks like a comment like yeah. it looks on facebook on twitter or on yeah, exactly. the blogs most people right now i think do like the avatar the name a link to back to the page and, yeah. and then the text and so on so now we have this uh, new what is it called the G the GDPR. Yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> even remember what exactly the whole the general name. data protection yeah. uh, regulation. Regulation, that's the one. Yeah. Which is like a European uh, uh, regulation, so it doesn't really. It, it, it's it's mostly for Europeans, but it affects basically everybody in the world who who's who stores or who uses the, uh, data from people from the Europe and stores it. I don't know. It, it says something specific. I, but basically, this would, would fall under, under this problem where, where you take someone else's private data, like, uh, like their name, a picture of the face, uh, and... Yeah, I don't know what more. <laughs> it de depending on what they what, what you can get from yeah. from either a public post somewhere or because we do have a way of doing it uh, private private posts also. So that would even be behind something uh, uh, some login or something and you would publish it on your website. So so you would publish their data on your website. Which might be quite problematic uh, from a, at least a moral standpoint, standpoint, but nowadays uh, with this new regulation also from a legal standpoint. Yeah. As I, far as I <laughs> understand. I, I, I've never heard a, a user in the chat and her name Degold, Daniel. I've never heard his voice and I can literally hear him sigh right now okay. in my head because this conversation is coming up yet again. Mm. Um, and yeah, but it's, it's, uh, so the, the podcast is not, not for those people. It's for that's true, new that's people. True. No, but because there is this huge difference in opinion going on, mm -hmm. basically, where on the one hand, and then, this is basically just the legal aspect. Like the, the morals or the ethics are a completely different issue. Yeah, yeah. But on the legal aspect, there's this group that says, oh yeah, you can't display all of any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, we have the legalists who are saying, but your personal blog is exempt as household activity and you don't have to care about GDPR at all. Okay. So <laughs> the, it... And it's definitely not up to me to say which of those camps is right. No, uh, most probably somewhere in between. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's relatively easy in many cases to argue the household activity one. Mm -hmm. To say, this is my personal blog. I'm, everything I'm posting, displaying and writing is a household activity. It's just me doing my little thing. Mm -hmm. 
And under that, if I see stuff about myself elsewhere on the net, I can just post that as part of my household activity. Mm. And that could include those comments and would be exempt. On the other hand, people are saying, well, my blog, I also write about what I do for work and I do this and I do that. And I'm not sure if it's a household activity and if it's not a household Especially activity. Especially in, in this uh, generation zero, a lot of people really do work with the web technologies at work and so on. So it, they, it kind of might be part of their, uh, their, uh, work identity, basically, which is like, uh, half, you half private person and half, uh, adaptive or what its uh, domain is. Uh, he, he has clear left, which is, uh, Jeremy Keith. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, which is a company which d does this stuff and he on his private uh, website he posts about about those technologies and so on which which might be uh, i mean you could say that he's posting it to show how how literate he is in this uh, domain so people would uh, hire him with his company or his company to do things yeah, I'm, I am not the lawyer, so I don't yeah, know yeah. if that still is a household activity, because yeah. that's the big question. And I know that a lot of the, the other camp people, um, Sebastian Greger wrote a really nice blog post. Yeah, it was Greger, and super long, but, but, but interesting. It, it, it's very long. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that one's interesting, but it's specifically building on German yeah. uh, legal ideas. And... In, in basically, I, I just discussed this earlier today, actually, and I mm -hmm. said to someone, well, it's a household activity everywhere, so just do whatever you want, except in Germany. <laughs> so, because Germany has all these other rules already, like if you're blogging, maybe you're suddenly part under uh, one of the media laws, and you have to publish an impression where you have yeah, to say yeah. where you live and who you are just because you have a blog. Yeah. And they might take a completely different stance on being commercial or not. Yeah. And earlier today I also said like, so even if uh, the other side of the argument is actually right, and uh, Daniel Gold, who I mentioned, he wrote an, a reply to Sebastian, where he said like, okay, I, I talked with these data protection mm -hmm. officers, no, it's not officers, it's something, know. DPAs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I talked with some of these DPAs and I've had these discussions and it sounds like everything is a household activity. And then Sebastian saying, well, but these and these lawyers in Germany are saying otherwise. And they're saying like, oh, you might be skirting on the edge of being a commercial activity and the German courts might not like that. Hmm. And then, so even if the side that says, no, it's all okay, is right. Hmm. <laughs> earlier today, I said to someone like, do you want to be the guy in Germany who <laughs> is... Who, who is saying, okay, I'm exempt, so I'm going to do all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then get... Some lawyer sent you an abmanum, yeah, yeah. and then you have to go to court, and you have, and you're going to be the first case to prove to Germany that you are exempt. Yeah. Do you want to do that with your little blog? Yeah. So that's also always a big question here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the legal aspect is being discussed a lot, mm. and very clearly, I see these two different sides. Uh, I think all of them. Great guys. I mean, <laughs> sure, yeah. I, I talked with them on the IRC, uh, met Sebastian in real life as well. They mean very well with all the things they're saying. 
but it doesn't really change how people are feeling about the law. So people are still either scared or not yeah. scared or, and until we've had some sort of case settlement that something has happened under this law yeah. so that, that we can point at and say, like, okay, this is what has to be implemented and yeah, this yeah. is what we have to abide by. Until then, it's kind of just do what you're comfortable with, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. But the, the ethics are interesting because yeah. that's really what Sebastian also set out to write about because he's not a lawyer. Yeah. And he was like, well, he's doing this thing we call backfeeding, mm -hmm, exactly, which means yeah. that when he posts something on his blog, he also posts it to Twitter. Yeah. And when people react on Twitter, he also pulls that to his blog. So it's yeah. not just other blogs, also Twitter. So basically, if I write on, if I reply on Twitter, I am not even aware of the fact that he's pulling it back and publishing it with my name, with my face on his blog. Exactly. And there, there also is the debate whether this is allowed or not. Mm -hmm. Because some people are saying, well, it's very obvious that Twitter allows other external parties to embed tweets. Yeah. Newspapers do this all the time on their websites. They embed a tweet. Yeah. And by being on Twitter with a public account, yeah. you've already accepted the fact that Twitter allows your tweet to be embedded elsewhere. Yeah. So there's a bit of a, there, that's the legal debate again, which I didn't want to get into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so quickly over to ethics again, Sebastian is saying, okay, even if it is allowed, do people know that I'm doing this? And it is, is it right for me to display them on my website? And he has said no, and he's been doing this anonymization stuff yeah. where he just shows pixeled avatars, basically. Yeah. And then you can click, you can go to the original tweet that Sebastian posted, and there on Twitter, you can see who reacted on Twitter. Yeah. One of the problems is if someone deletes a tweet on Twitter, then uh, the, they assume that it's gone, basically. Obviously... Yeah. Most, I hope many people on the internet know that once something is on the <laughs> internet, you can't delete it because there are so many copies of it. But in theory, you would, you could kind of ex uh, expect that it's gone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we see those screenshots all the time. Oh, they deleted this tweet, but here's a screenshot. <laughs> so, so obviously it's not really gone, but. There, there should be a way somehow for people to, to have the possibility at least to, to remove the content also. Yeah. So I don't remember what, for example, Twitter's terms were saying. I believe someone mentioned that they say something like you as a, if you're building a Twitter app, you have to always check with Twitter, is this tweet still posted? Okay. And otherwise you have to remove it mm -hmm. according to the terms. Now, this doesn't work for those newspapers either. They, they have embedded a tweet in a, in but, a post and it's always going to be there. Not quite, I think, because they... So doesn't Twitter say you need to use those Twitter cards, which is like some JavaScript, which is loaded from Twitter's website? And yes. if someone deletes it, or, then the, it's gone? The JavaScript comes together with a block quote element with the text of the tweet. Okay. And that one's always going to be there. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. At least last time I saw them. So yeah. what Twitter does is if you want to embed this, copy the following little 
piece I of see. code. Okay, yeah. But the piece of code actually contains the original tweet. So if someone doesn't have JavaScript, they would at it, least it see the text. It shows the yeah. tweet, exactly, and it just gets enhanced by Twitter into this nice card. I see, interesting. Yeah, so okay. if, although... I don't know what exactly is included in the block quote, so it might not include things like a picture of someone. It mm. might just be, this is a name, a public name, people said something and they said this. Yeah. And that might be everything. But so even there is a bit of, those things never get deleted. Mm. Um, and as I said, those screenshots are, yeah, yeah, those are there forever. <laughs> so you, you could maybe from the ethics point make the argument that, okay, on my private site where I've included all these tweets, mm. I should also always, when the page loads, check with Twitter if the tweets are still there, otherwise remove them. Yeah, or at least uh, like a nightly job which would check. Yeah, so there are definitely ways. So that's, I think that's a much more interesting question because that's the way like, okay, how do I treat the data of other people? Hmm. Let's forget whether I'm allowed to store it or not. Let's say it's a household activity and I'm allowed to store all this stuff. Yeah. But should I? And what should I do with it? So maybe you want to run this little job that removes comments and... On the on the web mention side, if you have written a reply to me and sent me a web mention about it, and I go and parse it and yeah, I put yeah. it on my website, you can remove it on your own website. Yeah. Send another web mention, and my website can go back and say like, "Oh, Gina is now saying this post is gone. Yeah. I should also remove it from my page." So technically, you could do it, but uh, yeah. you don't. I mean, if you don't do it, I can't do anything because it's on your site. So yeah, that's yeah. true. But, but so for that's... more for the moral purpose, uh, that would be a way to do it. There's uh, a corner case of this problem where sometime in the future uh, my domain is gone, basically. Mm-hmm. So and then you want to to check if if I if I deleted it or not. Yeah. So uh, that would be a problematic case, I guess, uh, a corner case, yeah. where you don't know if the domain is gone because I deleted it, or because, like in my sister's case, someone else got it. Yeah. Uh, or, or if if I just died and uh, nobody mm. paid for, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, for the domain. That's one of the big reasons why people on the indie web are copying comments over yeah, yeah. because they want them. Um, to then be there. Mm. And they also themselves want access to these comments, even when Gina.net goes down, yeah. I still want to read what Gina commented on my page. Oh yeah, that's true, because you uh, you are a part of this discussion. Yeah. So it's a discussion between you and someone. So so it's not only their content, it's 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 it doesn't stand for it for itself. It's only meaning at least uh, for discussions, it's o- uh, uh, this uh, is only meaningful in the context of the whole discussion. Yeah, uh, some replies can stand by themselves, oh, but sure, some sure. replies are just, oh, this is great, but did you think about X, Y, Z? Yeah. And those comments are great, and I really want to display them. And even if I wouldn't display them anymore, because the original is gone, yeah. I might still want to save it for myself, oh, yeah. so next time we meet, I, I can still look up that, all oh, right, yeah. you you wanted to go eat Indian food, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. just have this information. So for example, behind a login or something. Yeah, yeah. It's that's actually, I think Sebastian wrote in his article at the end that he went and removed all the, all the back feed stuff he had mm-hmm. gotten. And I said to him, like, why did you do that? Well, he was obviously much more like, okay, it's both ethics and GDPR and so on. Yeah. And I said, but uh, 
I think my I think he called my IDA was it a vanity archive or something mm -hmm. where I said like um, just compare it to scrapbooks. If I'm in a newspaper, mm. I cut that out and I put it in my scrapbook. If I get a web mention from you because you mentioned me on your website, I'm going to bookmark your website, make mm. an archive of it, of it and put it in my scrapbook. Mm. And that sounds like a very obvious household case. So I can have these I can have this Sir, sure, but your scrapbook is only at your home and only accessible for you. Or not? Oh, so you mean, I mean if it's behind if, a in login, if it, okay. if it, Yeah, if it's digital or not. So maybe I'm not going to publish it. So I was specifically commenting on the fact that he removed everything because yeah. he didn't want to store the data. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, but I can very, I think I can very easily make the thing, the claim that if I get a web mention, it's because something I produced, a post, or just me, the person, was linked to. Yeah. And I, the person, really want to know what this is. Yeah. So yeah. I. I always go and look at the pages that mention me, mm. and when I look at it, I might bookmark them. Yeah. And if I bookmark at Pinboard, Pinboard might make an archive copy of it, so sure. I forever can go and look at that page. And then you have also web.archive.org, I think. Yeah, so I think they probably function under the whole uh, public interest archives or because there are obviously there are several exemptions on mm. the GDPR okay uh, so I, I have no clue how they are affected and maybe they're not even affected I don't okay know. is it possible to tell them not to store something yes yes okay if you at least previously and I think they're still doing that you can create a robots.txt file which you can also create to keep Google off of certain pages mm -hmm. and you can also block the web archive crawler from visiting pages. Okay, okay, I see. I think they had, there, there was a bit of a discussion here that was interesting because sometimes a domain would be bought by some advertising company that just puts all advertisers on it. Mm -hmm. And they would also add some sort of uh, robots.txt file. And then when you wanted to see the old website from before the domain got hijacked, mm -hmm. it was impossible because the web archive would say ah, they have a robots.txt file that says we can't do this. And I don't actually recall what they're doing with that now, hmm, but you can block them. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want to be archived, you can stop them from archiving you. Okay, okay. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if someone, <laughs> for, for web mentions, I guess nobody looks at the robots.txt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's actually a very good question. But normally, that shouldn't be necessary either because you're only going in when you're being notified that something on that page is already linking to you. Sure. But yeah, okay, that's true. But the notification might not be uh, being done by the person who no. wrote the, it. No, the notification can be done by anyone. Yeah. But I think that's very much like... Uh, so some people have a Google notification set up for their own name. Yeah. So if Google finds a page that mentions them, they get an email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I would treat this in very much the same way. So I'm not sure who sent the web mention, mm -hmm. but when my when I go personally and check, or I let my website check, doesn't matter, mm. go and check the URL because some, someone or something said, oh, this page links to you. I go to that page and I look, and if it indeed does link to me, it's probably interesting to me, and I'm yeah. going to read it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's so interesting, I'm going to... I'm just going to go file, save as, and put it on my computer. Yeah. Put it in my scrapbook. And I think that's very much a household activity that 
even if my server would do it for me, this archiving, the, yeah. as long as I'm not then also publishing it, mm. which isn't only a GDPR problem, but also a copyright problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I think it's just fine to store the web mentions. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> see in the future, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting. But, um, yeah. but I, I really like the fact that uh, this regulation for the first time put put the question in into so many people's minds uh, that it's a it's also a question of mor- morale not only a, a yeah. legal question because b- before that i mean i knew uh perhaps it's not that nice of me to to pull all the uh every all the comments and likes and whatever from facebook and I say, yeah, my post is uh, public, so everybody should know that everything... Their replies are public. Exactly, yeah. because you can still go on, on Facebook, even if you don't have an account, you can still read it and see the replies. So, But sure, it's still a different web page and so on, so it's more complicated than I wanted it to be. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's... And I think it's good that people start thinking about it now. Yeah, yeah. I think the real problem is that a lot of people should start thinking about it in the ethics way, yeah. but instead of doing that, they're thinking about, oh, what does the law say? What yeah, can yeah. I do? What can't I do? Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's always the right way to approach this. And I feel <laughs> many people panic on and just disable everything just to be safe, which, sure, you can do that, but somehow we want to to get uh, further with it and yeah. we want to talk about it we to find out what what is the the right thing to do for for us all so everyone wants to just copy these social networks facebook twitter make it federated be in the blockchain have it on their own <laughs> indie web already has that we're on our own little websites host everything ourselves and now we need to figure out how does the cross-website communication work mm. when we send the web mention, what are we going to do with it? Can mm. we always just copy content and display it? Mm. Or maybe not. Mm. <laughs> Is it ethical to, to take everyone who's replying or writing about my blog post, maybe not even directly replying, and link back to them? Yeah. Because I don't know what they're writing. Mm. So... I think those are just, those are the ethical questions that we need to figure out. And we need to figure them out in the community. Yeah. Right now, the community is a lot of the, the generation zero, the people who are programming this. And we all think it's great, just <laughs> great when, when something magically appears below our post. That's so and when true, we yeah. show it to other people, they think it's great. <laughs> and then now we have to start thinking, okay, but if everyone uses this technology, yeah. does everyone think it's great yeah. when content magically moves around? That's true. That's true. I mean, it it already does, but not in a not in this. It mostly stays in those uh, uh, in those silos, basically. Yeah. But people kind of should be. Uh, they are aware that it can get out, but they don't think that their stuff will get out, basically. Yeah, and it's just they're not seeing that. Yeah. They go to a post on Facebook. They write a comment. It pops up right there. Yeah. And then they move on. Yeah. And they never really think what's happening with this comment. Mm, exactly. So if you if you comment something th- stupid on Facebook, 
uh, and then you just move on from Facebook and you're never on Facebook anymore, you still can find th those. Uh, for example, if I copied uh, your comment to my website, yeah. you still can Google it, it will show up. Yeah. Before that, if I wouldn't copy it, then it might have been just on Facebook and uh, Facebook doesn't allow Google to, to index it yeah. and it would never show up again. And if I remove my Facebook account, the comment will either disappear or be anonymized and my yeah. name will disappear from it. Yeah. And maybe the fact that stuff is being copied isn't really clear to people. Yeah. And a big part, <laughs> the legal part, the big legal part is that <laughs> you have to give information to everyone you have to inform them of what is happening with the data yeah exactly so yeah and i think the even if the entire indie web falls outside of the gdpr we mm. still have i think it's still a good idea to think about what are we doing with this data exactly and that's the it's a good thing that it's happening now basically when we still are in in, in between generation zero and one. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Uh, if we can work out those wrinkles and just say, no, but if you use our WordPress solution, yeah. it just works yeah, exactly. and it's ready for you, yeah. then maybe people really feel like, okay, then I can do this. And maybe that means that we need to figure out some way that the website can communicate, yes, you can copy my content. Mm -hmm. And if someone sets up their WordPress, the Indie Web plugin will give this thing that says like, oh, if you're posting replies, if you want them to show up on other websites, check this box. That's true, yeah. Uh, but we're, we're just starting to look at these things. Yeah, so. yeah, true. Absolutely. Great. I think we, <laughs> we, we have one and a half hours content now. So. <laughs> it's, it's all quality content. Exactly. <laughs> no cutting, nothing. <laughs> okay, but thank you very much. It was really interesting. And it's nice to, to talk to someone who also knows a lot about it, because mostly when I talk to people about it, then I'm the knowledgeable one. And I explain stuff about the indie web and so on. What mm. is it? Why would you want it? And so on. And it's always on a, on a quite shallow level. And now we could jump into uh, something deeper. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, oh, I don't know everything and I can't speak for the entire community, which is very important to say. Mm. But there is an entire community. You can yeah. get to us on indieweb.org. You can get to the chat on Slack, on IRC, on Matrix, on everything. Yeah. And you can come in and ask all your questions. And there's always going to be nice people answering those questions. Which I think might be the, the number one thing about the community. Yeah. Is that yeah. we're filled with nice people. <laughs> That's true. And it's quite a big community also. We are, I don't know exactly, nobody knows exactly how many we are, no. but there's always someone on the chat 24 there, hours. There's basically so always someone on the chat, and every time there's an event, someone new will pop up, yeah. and it'll turn out that they're already running their blog for five years, yeah, exactly, and maybe yeah. they've already implemented some stuff, and we didn't even know about it. Absolutely, so, yeah. So, constantly growing, and um, yeah, I'm just very happy to be part of the community and I hope everyone else will join the community. Yes, me too. And uh, I, perhaps I want to also to say that before, before I found the indie web community, I was on some different communities which tried to do something like that also. First I was on Twitter and then obviously then app.net came along where, where they said, here is just the plumbing and we don't care about your data and then 
it uh, it died. Then tent came along where it was also like even even better because it was just a protocol. Everybody could uh, write their own server and so on. But in the end, it was mostly held by 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 a, by a really small uh, group of people, and they did, most of us didn't in the community didn't agree with how they wanted things to be <laughs> because they wanted it like more like a commercial thing where where right. they could ser- ser- have servers and so on, which might be a good idea, but. But in this stage of, of that community, it was the wrong way to go. And it died because uh, basically everybody left. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was complaining on Twitter about those guys. And uh, it was actually Tantek who, who commented on my tweet. So yeah, I see you don't like your old community. Perhaps you would, would <laughs> like to look into our community because we are doing... We are doing it, uh, and we think we are doing it the right way, where you, where you can start with your own thing, and then help building, building blocks, and we, we try to reuse stuff which is already around and so on. Yeah. And actually, the, it's it was basically the first time where I thought, okay, this might be really for me because I can work with this completely on my own. I do my own thing. I implement everything for myself. I don't care about what other people do. If I want to communicate with those other people, then obviously I, I, I do something so we can communicate. But otherwise, I just have my website. I don't care about the technical stuff. I just want to have my website where I post stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't happen what, what happened to our uh, blog on MySpace where it just suddenly disappeared. <laughs> the whole blog is gone, but yeah, the page is still here, but the blog is gone. What? Yeah. So I I just wanted to 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 keep on doing my thing, but still have some way of com- doing doing it inside of together with other people. Yeah. But if it wouldn't work, then all the things I've done. On my website would still be valuable to me because they are working for, for me. I'm posting there. I'm I'm getting people to read it and so on. Because on the on all the other uh, solutions there was a special software for everything, <laughs> and here it's just a website. It it doesn't matter if I implement something or not. It will still be valuable. In the yeah, future, it's your website. We we've gone all the way back to the start of this conversation, <laughs> where we both said, "Oh yeah, no, we sat down in the beginning of the two thousands and learned HTML because exactly. we wanted to put something online." Yeah, and that's exactly what the new web is doing. Exactly, write some HTML, put it online, keep it in your own control. Yeah, and then you can put online whatever you want. Exactly. Even uh, nursing <laughs> pictures. Yeah, uh, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks a lot. Yeah, very See. happy to be here. See ya.